Dude. Look at this. <laughs> You're getting Nielsen sweat. Hi, I'm Tian Tran, a make em die laughing comedian. And I'm Paige Nielsen, a take no prisoners defender for ACFC. Uh, so basically, we murder people. Metaphorically, of course. Welcome, Welcome to, to In These Cleats. We are not a true crime podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Questions from a superfan. Paige, favorite part. This is where I get to ask you whatever burning questions I have in my brain. It's our superfan section. Okay, Paige, what is it like to play alongside someone you looked up to growing up? Like, what about having one of your idols watch or comment on you playing? Have you experienced that before? Uh, yeah, I got drafted to Seattle Reign, and um, Jess Fishlock was one of the players I looked up to the most. She's so crazy on the field, but and just has like this mentality like I'm gonna beat everyone I'm I'm going against. And I was not good enough to play at Seattle my rookie year, and I would just watch her like all of her movements on on the field and learn from her. And now. Like six years later, I'm finally a starter on a team and playing with some of my idols. And it's it's a bit surreal. Now yeah. people look up, up to me. The no, it's so girls. cool. Yeah. What was it like? Were you nervous? Did you talk to her or were you like? Uh, no, I was really awkward and shy. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, please don't talk to me because I don't know what I would have said out of my mouth. <laughs> Does she play, what position does she play for? Midfield. Did you ever have to clash with Jess, like on the field? Yeah, yeah. And and Megan Rapinoe. I was always on the reserve team. Oh, so cool. Yeah. And Hope Solo. Oh also. my, okay, t- yeah. scary. This, <laughs> this team was stacked. And I was on the reserve team. And I had to play hard to make them better. Yeah. I was so nervous tackling them and hurting them. Because one, they had World Cup Olympics. They were actually playing, and I was just on the bench most of the time. Yeah. And it's it's very scary. Let's talk soccer moms, okay? Moms of young players that get them seven trainers and have their kids playing for, like, seven travel teams. What was, what was your soccer childhood like? I was poor, so that didn't happen. Okay, yes, yeah, same, yeah. same, yeah. same. Um, I was put in the wine because it was pretty much free okay. at age five. And then I was scoring like 10 to 20 goals on everyone. And my mom was like, shit, shit, shit. She's actually good. <laughs> I got to spend a lot of money on her now. But yeah, she she was a crazy soccer mom. She she saw potential in me. But the, the worst moms out there would be like, come on, baby, go. You can do better. And I'm so thankful that she was like quiet and um. saying under... My yeah, parents was, were also similarly, like, very quiet, very chill. The only time my parents ever did anything, like, totally wild is that if I, like, hurt my ankle or something, my dad would run from the sideline and carry me off the field. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, did you request it? <laughs> no, I would just, like, not be able to get up and he'd run across and be like, teeny, teeny, and, like, pick me up. And the coach is like, what is, who is this man? And, like... Run me off the field. Okay. It only happened like twice. And then you kept playing after that? Yes, yes, It wasn't yes. too traumatic. No, it wasn't, no. But how did how did you get into soccer? Like, did someone else play it? Did, like, did you watch a game? That's why you got inspired to play? Or, like, it was just the thing at the YMCA? No, my brother Colton, he played. Um, he was six years older than me, and I, I had to go to all of his games because I was really young and didn't have a babysitter. But I, yeah, he taught me pretty much everything I know. 
he would play out in the yard with me, um, basically just me chasing him around until I got bigger and stronger, and finally he got to chase me around. Thank you, Colton, for Paige's professional soccer career. Yeah, <laughs> and he's my biggest fan. Yeah, does he come to all the games? or can? Uh, he lives in Georgia, okay. so not possible, and has two kids, but he did fly to one, and he watches almost all the games, even though it's on the East Coast, and it's like 11 o'clock. Uh-huh. He has to watch and like put the kids to bed at the same time. Have your nieces and nephews or nibblings? I, I, that's the word. That, nibblings. That's what people gender neutral term term for. No, I like it. But it sounds like you're a snack. But yeah. um, <laughs> nibbles. Nibbles. Are, <laughs> did, did your nibbles come watch you before? Yeah, Landon. Landon was named after Landon Donovan. Um, he's my five year old nephew that um, loves soccer because I play. He's always, he always watches on TV and was like, look, that's Paigey. So cute. Yeah, it keeps me going for sure. Did you go through like the travel system, ODP? I did ODP and I really didn't get recognized. I made region camp, but I, I've never been on a U.S. national team mm-hmm. camp. Uh, we didn't even have those opportunities really in Nebraska. The landscape has changed now. And what I had to do in order to like have college recognize me is go to their summer camps. But yeah, we, we traveled a lot. We stayed at a lot of hotels. <laughs> there really isn't anything like being a part of a traveling team when you're like a high schooler or a teenager and like getting to go to all these hotels. It feels like a vacation. Yeah. And we, we had to stay in dorms in our region. We camp. did too, yeah. Yeah. So it was felt so like cool. a college kid yeah. at age twelve and you're so excited to stay in this like stale bed mattress. Yeah, it was <laughs> honestly a disgusting dorm, but you're like, This is yeah. the coolest thing I've ever experienced <laughs> yeah. in my entire life. Yeah. And you you do some weird things as a kid <laughs> in those dorms. That's all I remember. <laughs> I'm pr- I I'll I'll say one. We were it was curfew and we were locked in our rooms. And we're like, what if we have to pee? Wait, you were locked in your rooms after curfew? Yeah. Is that weird? I don't remember that happening. You went to a different camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you went to... <laughs> it was in DeKalb, Illinois. Okay. Okay. They was, locked you in? We were, we were locked in. I'm pretty sure we could use the restroom, but we thought we were like really cool and we all peed in a bottle. <laughs> Is that the weirdest story Yeah, ever? I mean, <laughs> that didn't happen at my camp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, it's made me who I am okay, today. <laughs> Did you ever, like, trade shirts with other states? That was my favorite yes. part about it. Yeah. You would make state shirts. You would make them pretty cool because you wanted the coolest T-shirt. I loved doing that. Yeah. The state shirts and the badges. Yeah. Did you trade badges as a kid? I doing did. all the. I have. I still have, like... For people who don't know, at the end of games, usually tournaments, right? Yeah. You would get like a patch from, like our club team had a patch, the other club team had a patch, and then you would just trade patches and collect them. Looking back and now, put I'm them like, in a box. Yeah, I know. I'm like, why the hell did we do that? Yeah. We we traded pins. Okay. State pins. See, but that's cooler. Yeah. It is cool because you can put them on your soccer bag and stuff. Speaking of soccer moms, I do have a question about like we had three soccer moms. On the U.S. Women's National Team, yeah, you have some soccer moms on your team right now. Yeah, what is that like for them, and like, what sort of support do teams give that that different type of soccer mom? Yeah, I I think it's really hard. Yeah, even with Julie at the World Cup, she mentioned like it's it's crazy because 
I think she was still breastfeeding at the time. Oh my god! And still playing. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's blowing my brain <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, um, it's really hard. A lot of them have really good family support with their parents or um, spouses' parents, but um, some didn't, and they oh. had to just figure out, like, going through this this whole thing, having a kid, bring them to training, and hope that we had people at on our staff that would take care of the kids and while they train. that happen um, a lot? Have you experienced that a lot? I'm lucky and blessed to see, to be a part of this league with um, protections in place. And Angel City does a lot with childhood care um, where we, we help moms on the road, have nannies, um, do things like that. That's feed so the kids. great. Yeah. <laughs> feed the kids. Yeah. <laughs> feed the kids. <laughs> That's really important. Um, but it's still so hard. Yeah. Like, what if your nanny gets sick for the weekend and you have a game and, like, Sid brings her kids sometimes to, to the weekend and you have to... F- we have a full schedule going to meetings, training, and you have to also entertain your kids. Oh, my God. Are they there, too? Are there these meetings and, like... Yeah. Yeah. Like playing Moms on phones. are everything. They really are. Oh my god! I, I don't know how they do it. It's incredible. Yeah, and they're still competing at like the top of their athletic yeah. ability. It's just the coolest thing. Like uh, Sarah's kid, Caden, he's got to like grow Sarah, up. Sarah Gordon, right? Yeah. Okay. Angel City player Sarah Gordon. Yeah, he's got to like grow up in like the coolest environments around teams, and he's such a good, great kid. And and. Sarah's friends have seen him like just grow from oh. being a baby to to now he's nine. I know. I think I saw a video of Sydney LaRue's son, like the first goal that he or the first goal that she scored coming back this season. And a friend had been recording his reaction and he just like started crying with like tears of joy that his mom had scored. It was just like the sweetest thing I've ever seen. Definitely the opposite of birth control for me. It makes you want to have a baby. I mean, for you. For me, I'm like, that's good. That's that kid. Yeah. I'm doing good. (laughs) Probably won't be my kid. Probably won't be my kid. (laughs) We will recruit you. All right, it's time to get our favorite person in here. Oh my God, messy? No. It's our recruit, Lauren Walker, who can also be messy in her assessment of the game. See, she has something in common with the GOAT already. It's only a matter of time. Lauren, bring your almost-a-fan self up in here. (laughs) Y'all are saucy today. What y'all got for me? A lot. Today, we're celebrating Gear Christmas, that special time of year when we shower Lauren with soccer-related gifts in a blatant attempt to buy her love. This is for you. Oh my god, okay, so I didn't celebrate Christmas growing up, so this is really exciting for me. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't know we were touching on trauma, but here we go. Well, uh, I would like to tell you, um, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) This is so exciting. I know. Guys, thank you. You're so welcome. Okay. Who's this? Oh Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's pre wrap page. Oh, for sex? No. (laughs) I mean, you could wear it for sex. Yeah. 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 No, a lot of women uh, use it as hairbands. Oh. You know, we have a lot of flyaways, and um, it gets It's actually better than like. Uh, other he- headbands, I yeah, feel like. Yeah, it sticks and pulls out all your hair, yeah. usually. Did you know it's actually for under the tape when you tape your ankles pre-wrap? Yes. Okay. I did know that, but oh. maybe Lauren doesn't. Yeah, I did know that. This so is- if you have an injury, you could use it, but also it use it as a headband to keep all your hair back. 
Okay, yeah, I do need to keep my hair to my eyes. Yeah, your hair's really getting in your eyes. It's getting in real long. (laughs) (laughs) And we also got you... Oh, shit, kicks? Yes. (laughs) Your Nike shoe game was Okay, we got we got you some Adidas Sambas, uh, uh, classic classic soccer shoe. Okay, okay, was it started from like World War One. These are shoes from like World War One. Yes, that's pretty they were old. I know pretty old. <laughs> wow, they're a couple of German movie. brothers. Yeah, are, are you serious? Yes, his name was Adolf. Not the not one. Not the not, 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 not you the got one. me wearing Nazi not shoes. Not the one you're thinking. Okay, Adolf is a very popular name. I don't know. You said World War One. Didn't they go to World War Two because they were in debt and, and pissed off? Yes, but not the making shoe much money off these shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but Addy is short for that, and um, that looks sexy in these. Wow. Wow. Really cool. I kind of look like Michael Jackson with these socks. Yeah. The shoes. <laughs> Okay, so first we got you shoes, and then the next thing that we're gift we're gifting you is, is the most important, the greatest honor after a game is giving out our jerseys that we just wore in Sweden. Oh my God, yes. dude! Off my back. So no. So Paige is gonna sweat it off. Oh, right <laughs> Watch your head on the lights. Oh You're doing my God! <laughs> yeah, careful. Okay. Dude, look okay, at I'm this! <laughs> You're getting Nielsen sweat. That was incredible. Your belly is sweating. <laughs> this is so cool. The armpits might smell. Holy Do you shit. wash them? You're not supposed to, right? That's I'm not tradition. going to. Do you, like, um, no, you don't wash them. Don't I wash would that. never. And they they might be a little moldy, like when you hang them up. That's but, okay. I love it. But here's the jersey. Thank you so <laughs> much. Oh my god. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. This is. This is great, you guys. I think you won me over. <laughs> Lauren, you get this T-shirt too. Please, no. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so with all the gear, yeah. Where do you think you're at now in your love for soccer? Damn, dude. This is this is really sweet. I'm really touched. I, oh my god. You get to rep my name everywhere now. I can. That's Every so exciting. Take my glove. <laughs> wow. wow! Oh okay. my god! You look like a soccer player. You look like a- okay, give me a ball. <laughs> I can do it. I'll be on the team. Uh, honestly, that's some good hip mobility. I know. Seriously, Thank I'm, you. I'm kind very of jealous. Flexible. I don't. I don't. <laughs> no, no, I can't. No. So where where do you think you are now? On a scale from one to ten. I'm a ten. You're what? Wow. The free stuff is giving me. That's all That's we, what needed. we needed. Is <sighs> gifts. Oh my god. I guess you can buy love. One hundred percent. I've been telling people for years. <laughs> you can buy me. <laughs> There's a price, but you can do it. It's shoes and a t-shirt. It's shoes, it's shoes and a t-shirt. t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. I can't give you guys a ten, but it's a, it's a nine point five for sure. Wow. Yeah. Okay. This is Her name yeah, is Nielsen. Worth it. Her worth skills it. are crazy. Fourteen's our number. We call her Paige. <laughs> okay, Tia. Yes. Even though we love the U.S. team. Obviously. We also want to talk about and highlight other countries that yes. have been amazing in this World Cup. This is the best part of the World Cup. Yes. Yeah, so we have this weird 
wheel thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it is called WOWS, the Wheel, wheel of, of World, World Soccer. Soccer. And I can't wait to talk about these amazing teams. So spin away, Paige. All right. Wow! <laughs> wow, I'm so glad we get to talk about Jamaica. This yeah. story is amazing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, no, Jamaica, aka the Reggae Girls, yes. they have an incredible story. Yes. Let's start off with they knocked off Brazil In at a 0 0 tie. I know. To Which- make it to the round of 16. Which is such an incredible story because Brazil is in the top 10. You have the reggae girls who are definitely in the 30s or 40s. Like, I don't think people expected them to make it out of their group. To further that, it's the first time the Jamaican team has gone through the knockout rounds, mm-hmm. men's or women's. Oh, so cool. But the most surprising thing is that J- the Jamaican women's national team has been disbanded not once but twice during recent years. I know. They had to crowdfund to get to this World Cup. Yeah, they were broke. They were broke. The Federation did not support them. Yeah. There was even talk of them potentially um, protesting their first game because the Federation wasn't supporting them. Uh, The cool thing about this story is that, not cool because, I mean, you should be supporting women's sports, but Bob Marley's daughter, whose name is Sadella Marley, was the one who started the crowdfunding. Yeah, they recorded a single called Strike Hard to raise funds for the team. And FIFA is finally paying them for every round that they go through. So not only do they have the crowd crowdfunding, but now they're actually earning money themselves. Which I mean, is it's incredible. a it's a life. It's going to be like a life changing amount of money, and also a life changing amount of money for the federation as well, too. Don't they get some of the 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 winnings every round you continue on? Yeah, yeah. It's just the start. Um, I'm so proud of the women who have fought mm-hmm. um, to make women's soccer better in Jamaica and. Um, this is just going to be a start of something amazing for, for their national team. I think so, too, because I think they're showing that when you finally invest in these women, great things can happen. All right, ready? Yeah. Get out of town! <laughs> Brazil? Oh, Brazil? That's what I wanted to talk about. <sighs> okay. Okay, tell us, tell us your feelings about the Brazilian national team. Well, I'm very devastated for them. I know. First time out of the knockout rounds. They had a stacked roster. I mean, I loved watching Marta, Dabinia, Borges, Caroline. Mm -hmm. They had had crazy players, and you saw it come together in one game, and then maybe, I don't know, the pressure, or they just couldn't finish some of their chances. But they're out, and the most devastating part is it was Marta's sixth and final World Cup. For those of you who don't know about Marta, Marta is like, legend soccer icon, easily the best women's soccer player of all time. Yeah. Would you she, say that? Yeah, she's the GOAT. Yeah, she she is the GOAT. Just to list some of her accolades, she's won FIFA Player of the Year six times, which is the most by any player. She's Brazil's all-time record goal scorer, men's or women's, with 115 goals. She's been awarded the Golden Boot, the Golden Ball. She's the first player, male or female, to score in five World Cups. That's crazy. She's won the Copa Femenina three times. To put it in context, it's even wilder that like Brazil had banned women from playing soccer until 1979. And she did all that. She did all that in that short time. (laughs) Did you get to see her final farewell speech? Yes, I did. Uh, brought me to tears. I know that speech was so, she just really 
is just like a perfect example of like an iconic athlete, like so much humility, so much like grace for the game and for the players around her too. She had talked about that she's so grateful that she got to be that for young kids, girls and boys. And like now she's so excited that there are so many other players like Paige, you are that for young kids growing up. Like it is she has such an amazing legacy that she is like, I think she's leaving the game in good hands. That's how I felt yeah. watching that speech that she was like, you know, sad about the way it ended, but that she was like, we are leaving the game in good hands with all of these amazing players. Yeah. I mean, her legacy is going to live on forever. Yeah. She's been an idol of mine and playing against her. She was like, you play against her? Yeah. <laughs> how is that? She's, I, I don't know how old she is, older than me, and I'm, I'm still amazed at some of the things she can do. She can literally not even see anyone behind her play this amazing chip ball for like a Sid LaRue they played together. Oh, wow. Okay. And, they, and they would score on teams all the time without even looking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> they had a, an amazing chemistry. Yeah, it was incredible to play against her. That's she was so intense during games. Did you knock her down? Did she knock you down? I don't think I ever knocked her down. She's too like Good. slippery. Good, that's res- Good. Respect. I was being respectful of my elders. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think I, I'm so different where I just like laugh and people yell at me and scream at me and she's like so intense on the field. And I, I just really appreciate those type of athletes. Like a Serena Williams where like yes. everything matters, every point matters. And it's super fun to watch. We have a list of accolades for you. I hope you don't get bored by your own achievements. <laughs> but here we have uh, a, an amazing special guest for you. Genuinely one of the heroes of mine. Uh, won the World Cup in 1991 and 99. 105 goals over her playing career, which is U.S. Women's National Team's second leading scorer. Huge animal lover. Runs a horse rescue. Mm-hmm. I'm an advocate for Epstein-Barr and chronic fatigue syndrome after suffering from it herself. Played striker midfield, attended University of Central Florida, was named four-time NCAA All-American. She scored 10 goals in the first World Cup in 91, including both goals in the final game that made the U.S. the champions, won Olympic gold in 1996, won the 1999 (laughs) World Cup with a dislocated shoulder, named FIFA Player of the Century in 2000, and was the first American to win a golden boot. She was the first female player with a shoe con contract. Michelle, are we missing anything? It's Michelle Akers. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. I'm a huge fan of of your podcast. So it's so great to be here. <laughs> you, you know, you played professionally in Sweden, so you have a unique perspective into yeah. Sweden style play. And the U.S. lost to Sweden. So what's your take on how that game went? I know people have talked about it, but it would be lovely to hear from an OG. Oh, gee. Ah, it was a heartbreaker, first of all. It was a heartbreaker. And, um, you know, Sweden has played a great World Cup so far. I mean, all their their group play, they played well. They got better as they went on and they showed up again um, against the USA. And the U.S., we struggled. Um, We've been struggling. The, you know, group play and... um, so it wasn't, for me, it was a matter of, okay, the U.S. typically rises to the challenge, right? So that, mm-hmm. that's kind of 
has been our MO in the last couple World Cups. And I'm, I'm all for that. So, you know, what, who's going to show up? That, that's kind of how I, I took the game in, in agony as I watched it alone in the dark on my couch at whatever time of dark 30 hour it was. Um, it is a fantastic World Cup. Mm-hmm. Don't you guys think? this? It's crazy and wonderful. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I have a big fan of soccer, obviously, but this is the most games I have watched of a Women's really? World Cup beyond the U.S. Women's National Team ever. All the games are so fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun to watch players that you've never heard of show up mm-hmm. in this like world stage and perform. And you're like, they came out of um, a place where they don't have a lot of resources, yet they're, yeah. they're this talented. Like the game is growing and it's really exciting. Yeah. And the U.S. helped that. So they can yeah. be proud of more than just... Mm-hmm just winning yeah. games. They, they've helped build women's soccer across the world. And I think that's something to celebrate. It's so exciting. You, yeah. you helped. You, <laughs> you started that. <laughs> that's well, how actually, old I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually speaking to that, you know, this team was questioned for being too focused on off the field mm. issues and causes and political stances and that it was taking away from their People were assuming that it was taking away their dedication to winning. Do you mm. think that is a fair assessment or something outrageous? <laughs> I First of all, I, I am so glad there was no social media when I was playing. Like, <sighs> oh my gosh. I, I mean, the level of opportunity of, of distraction and it's, it's immense and just vast. And that... That was not a thing when I was playing. Um, I, so I, gosh, I kind of don't know how I, how that would have affected me. Just saying that that that's been a con- conversation amongst uh, the, my 1985 U.S. national team. We got a we had a thread going that was blowing up, you know, during games and after, and that was part of that. It was like, thank God there's no social media. <laughs> Like you couldn't even text what, like what is happening? So it was kind of good. We were in this like focused, more focused environment, controlled environment. Um, I don't know. It's what do you, what do you think? I mean, I think it's such a criticism that typically is leveled against women's teams in a way or in, and female mm. athletes in a way that is just so, it's such an insane double standard in my opinion. You know, they, in 2019, right. This team was already, and also like from from your generation, you were always fighting for things beyond yes. the field. So like you, you were fighting for resources and to be treated equally. So I think it comes with the territory for a female athlete because, you know, Title IX wasn't too long ago and people think that like all, everything has been fixed since then. So right. to me, it's like part of being a, a, a women's professional athlete is that you're always being taxed with like things beyond just performance. And so I think it's so kind true. of bullshit if I'm, yeah. <laughs> uh, excuse my language. Cause that, that sort of scrutiny is not put on someone like a LeBron James or oh like, Oh my gosh, that's what I was just going to say, <laughs> you know, yes. or like a Pulisic, you know, like talking about like Volkswagen, you know, like it's, yes. they never do that. Pundits never do that to male athletes in the same yeah. way. Yeah, it's 
definitely a di- definitely a different standard. And it's part of women's thinking as well as men around that. It's, so this is this is bias that so it's so uh, unconscious and like mm-hmm. layered in, and so it takes so much to not necessarily expose it, but just to recognize it, right? Yeah, I think um, what kind of uh, put pressure on some of the girls, I saw a lot of social media about uh, a lot of fans hating on like them fighting for equal pay and mm-hmm. um, and more money. While we're still, like FIFA's still play- paying them for what? Four times less than the men. And they didn't strike. They didn't sit out. And you still have NFL players not playing full seasons because they're not getting sixty million instead of twenty million. It's like it's it's like insane. And they have no scrutiny. Maybe like a couple like normal people that are like, oh, they're just greedy or whatever. But yeah, it's 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 really crazy to me. I remember playing. When did we? So uh, we lost the '95 World Cup against Norway. And then we were like prepared. We were like all out. We burnt everything to the ground that didn't work after losing that World Cup. And then we went into that first, well, it was the first ever Olympics for women's soccer. We changed our team and how we wanted to do things so we could win that. Um, But part of that was going on strike uh, against U.S. soccer. So, you know, we went on strike and there was the threat of not being able to play in the Olympics, but it wasn't even for equal pay. It was like, it was for, can we have a, mas- a massage therapist? Can oh we um, have a nanny for Joy who ha- had a child? Can It was like basic things, right? Um, and, but U.S. soccer uh, was... So uh, adamant about how our attitude should be happy to be there, and yeah. you greedy, you are greedy for asking for for more, and so it's this mentality is like it's still prevalent and existing. Yes, things have changed. Uh, the you know equal the equality, the money, a lot, a lot, lot has changed, but there's that still mentality um, and bias and the internal standard, it's still there. It's because sports were made by men for men. And they're still holding top executive uh, positions and leagues. And it it really crushes me. And they're making a shit ton of money. They're making so much money. There was no prize money or salaries for the players when you won the 1999 World Cup. How how did you make ends meet at the time and make it all work? Because they we got ten dollars a day per diem, so that was it. That was all we needed. Uh, that's a joke. Okay, oh. so um, <laughs> I was well, like, we yeah, did. I was like, Michelle, I'll believe anything you say. We did get ten dollars a day, uh, but no, that wasn't that wasn't a survival thing. Well, I mean, you you were either in college and playing for the team, which had a limited schedule, or you. Uh, that's why a lot of people had to quit. Um, go live with their parents. Um, but, um, so it was extremely hard. I mean, I, I kind of had, I'm not going to say I had it lucky because I, 
I, I didn't get paid close to what is happening right now. Like not even close, but you know, that first shoe contract that I had, that was with Umbro. I think that, I think that was like 30 K for like two years or something. Like, like maybe it was a year, but then I had like 20 appearances and I, you know, there's, it it was, um, I I did get to um, work with Palais though, which was Holy cow, I would have done that for free. Are you kidding? I would have paid. What was that? Did like? you stop that? That you'll do it for uh, free. I know, I do. <laughs> but how did we survive? I mean, that so that shoe contract, I mean, some people got married, so that's helpful. Um mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a choice. You you had to work and play yeah. for the team. We would be on buses and eating Snickers because it was a sponsor and that, you know, uh, and, and we weren't getting paid and we, and we, and they're still holding records, these pioneers. So, um, it's, it's, it's so, uh, it's, so it's, to me, it's kind of cool to look back and, and go, they were badass. We were badass. And, and, but at the same time, this, we are badass now. Like all these players are badass now. I, I mean, you're a part of amazing text chains of the 85ers and 99ers. (laughs) God, it's it's Um, crazy. You know, you talk about the the resources that have changed so much. And like you have dealt with so many injuries and chronic fatigue and knee surgeries, dislocated shoulders. And like, you know, it's rumored that you drank coffee at halftime to deal with low, low blood sugar condition. Most people dealing with that level of adversity would stop. Like, what what pushed you to keep going? I know it's like what acres. Come on, just you know, <laughs> just have give, a limit. Give up. Make, <laughs> yes. Why don't you give <laughs> up? The towel. <laughs> I just couldn't. I um, I mean, for the record, I I I had I don't know like twenty surgeries down more than that. twenty five. Plus, on between knees, uh, uh, especially the one knee in my career. And then when I retired, I had like five more on one of those knees. And um, that shoulder that got dislocated, which a fan grabbed, grabbed my arm and dislocated my my shoulder in the, um, it was when, it was in our, the last game of our first round in 99 World Cup. Um, And he grabbed, grabbed me and yanked my arm. Um, so that shoulder took five surgeries over two years to get functional. And, and you just I, played with that? Like, did you tape it or like, what could well, you, what did, I, could you I do? I just like tucked it, kind of tucked it in like that and tried to roll and play. I have a high pain tolerance in part, but at the same time, it's, it's all connected to how much you love what you are doing, how, how, how much you love the people you are doing it with. And how and how important it is in that in the moments, um, and mm-hmm. you know, so that it's kind of like I was able to just never mind about that hurting. If if I can play and my leg isn't like falling off, then I'm I'm gonna play, and I'll just play one footed, which I did for a lot a lot of games too. So why why now? Like now I'm going. Why did I do that? I my body is a freaking wreck. I, you know, and, um, and you know, there's no, uh, there's not like us soccer 
supports our healthcare and medical care afterwards. <laughs> so right. it's like, um, it's, it's so interesting. Like I, I want, I got one of the things I would, I want so bad, like for the NWSL players and the U S women's national team players is to have this kind of union of after, you know, career healthcare and support and, and, you know, connection to each other and all these resources, because we all give so much and Mm -hmm. we, we are intense and competitive, but we also have, you know, another, hopefully like 60, 80, you know, 70 years to go after we stop playing. Being an athlete is hard. I, I keep telling my son, thank God you're kind of uncoordinated and, you know, like, <laughs> and he, he is freaking smart. Um, Just to pivot a little bit, Michelle, you're currently co-hosting the podcast Flame Bearers. Yeah. Uh, special edition with the U.S. Women's Soccer Originals. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that project started and how the experience is going oh for you? Oh, gosh. Th- you're asking things that I care so much about. Thank you so much. Um <laughs> We yeah, care about that, you. Yeah, That's we why. care. Aww, I love you guys. Um, I, that, gosh. So for me, that the 1985 first ever U.S. Women's National Team, it, it, that team is, has been so unrecognized and just unacknowledged as part of U.S. soccer history. And, and, and it has been decades. I have tried to change that. It was, the, you know, the world in part is not ready for that. And plus, you know, we have to change culture inside U.S. soccer, culture inside soccer to care about these national team players who and these players who started all of this stuff. So that team. Oh, gosh. So recently in the last couple of years, uh, we started we've started talking more. And then we had a reunion event put on by Stacey Enos, who is one of the, those, the players. And she's also part owner at Asheville city SFC in um, Mm. Asheville, North Carolina. So we all got together and went there. Part of that reunion, I had been working with the flame bearers people, Mm. Jamie. And I said, Hey, let's, can you go and do the reunion and she was like, let's, let's do a podcast featuring the whole team and talk about it. And I was like, oh my God, yes. And can I be a co-host? So she's <laughs> like, yes. So that, then we did it. So um, that's what's coming out. It's been coming out now. And um, it's been so exciting. And the team, the players are so excited um, about being able to talk about that and being proud of, of, of this team that, you know, mm-hmm. at now the current team there we're such big fans and such big supporters of not just the u.s but um women's soccer like the nwsl like oh my gosh massive fans so to to have been dismissed but still be such fans was so heartbreaking and now it's so we're bringing it all together this that podcast is tells the story of um 16 the roster was 17 players one player, Sharon McMurtry, we, we haven't been able to connect with. So hmm. Sharon McMurtry, we're coming after you <laughs> still. Speaking of the oldsters, I was watching an old game at oh God. breakfast the other day. And I had a question. 
could you play pass back to your goalkeeper and they, they could pick it up? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Yes. Okay. <laughs> totally. What weird, a weird huh? rule. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. You'd pass it back and they could pick it up and then they had like, uh, the, then the ref would go one, one thousand, two, one thousand. You'd see them count the thing. And if they didn't get rid of it, then it was, you know, a free kick. And I would do that every it. time I was in danger. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like I would, like, oh my gosh, one of my goalkeepers in college at, at University of Central Florida, I think it was Karen Richter. She, I don't remember doing this, but she was like, Acres, you just, there was no one to pass to. You just turned around and drove like a 30 yard, 30 yard rocket at me. So I would just catch it. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but I just was like, I'm just going to get it. And then let's get it out the other side. And um, so you could do stuff like that. And then they changed it. And then the goalkeeper's foot skills sucked. Yeah. Uh, I was so, just gonna say, were they ready for it? You, were the goalkeepers it was ready for so it to scary. Change? You would you would rather die than pass it back to them because you saw their eyes were like, oh my gosh, she's gonna pass it, and then it was so much anxiety. But um, and I remember uh, Bry Brandis Curry, yeah, um, that impacted her, and so Tony DeChico, our coach, who's also amazing goalkeeper coach, right, prolific. Um, he um, spent hours, they spent hours together. And we, and we, that was part of the focus as a team was to, to help Bri develop those skills, the foot skills to be comfortable under pressure um, because she hadn't had to before because they changed the whole freaking game because of that. So <laughs> how crazy, huh? Oh, that's crazy. Well, Michelle, before we could talk to you forever, but we don't want to take up Thanks. all your time. But before we let you go, I would just love to know, like, what is your, you know, you know, one in 91. And I'll always remember the story of reading that, like, in 95, when, when mm. you guys lost to Norway, that they, like, did, like, a caterpillar walk around the whole field. And I yes. always picture, I just like, can't get that in, or like, can't get that, that story out of my head. Cause then you came back in 99 and just absolutely crushed. Yeah. So what do you, what advice do you have for this team mm. moving forward? I'm sure that they're, they're already doing this. They're already switched into the, this mode um, because of who they are. I mean, uh, but God, yeah, Norway, they beat us. They, they were better. And, um, and they celebrated so like right in, in front of, <laughs> I just remember standing there like with my hands on my hips and, and at, you know, dying a thousand deaths and saying, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And then they just did their little train right in front of me. And I, I, I was like, oh my God, I would just love to kick all of them so hard right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. like I hated them. I was, and I was so mad and so sad. Um, and then uh, we came together as a team and April Heinrichs was our, uh, I think she was our assistant coach. And she said, and everyone was just devastated and she was in, in the middle of this, of our tight group. And she said, you guys never, ever, ever forget this feeling. Hold it inside you and use that 
to do whatever you need to do to become the best in the world again. And I took that, that feeling inside, you know, that was like this and I like squished it down and I put it right in my chest, in my heart. And that is what we played with in that 96 Olympics mm. and we beat Norway and, uh, and everyone. And, and then, and that's kind of what we, at least what I played out of up through, you know, the end of my career, but this team will do it. I mean, we, we got, we got the players and they, they know what it means and they want it. And, um, there's a, there's a lot at stake, um, aside from just a world championship. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, so they're, I'm, um, I'm excited to watch them do this next, do this next thing. Same. Yeah. Same. <laughs> oh, you know what time it is? It's stoppage time. Not to be confused with hammer time or me time or a time out. It's that point in the show where we talk about whatever we want. What's it going to be today? Okay, today we have a coin. Ready for our question? Okay. What's your zombie survival plan? Oh, gosh. Like The Last of Us? Yeah. Type. You know what? I've thought about this. Okay. I feel like <laughs> Just you in would. Case. <laughs> Just in case, late at night, um, I think I would... Just get bitten. I would. You would go, <laughs> and then I I wouldn't be scared for the rest of my life. I would survive. <laughs> and but we you'd can be all a be zombie. Zo yeah, but we can all be zombies. But what together. if your wife doesn't want to be a zombie? What if your family's don't family doesn't want to be a zombie? I forgot about them. Yeah. Well, do you have a better plan? Yeah, I'm gonna be <laughs> in a tiny house. Um, I've been watching a lot of homesteader videos. Okay. And I think I could probably collect rainwater, grow some food. Uh, I'll start to hunt. Okay. If anything, I could be the court jester to the zombies. Maybe I'll just do stand up for the zombies. <laughs> yeah, that's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would be the type, I know this is like not good, but I feel like if I got bit, would you, okay, if you got bit, would you be the person that's like, hiding it until you turn into a zombie or would you tell people that you got bit? I think I have like power and influence. I would recruit everyone to get bit with me. Paige, this is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> this is so twisted. Life would be pretty shitty in your tiny house. I'm not going to lie. Okay. <laughs> okay, fine. Agree I mean, to disagree. Uh, who are you inviting to your tiny house? Is it going to be big enough to invite anyone? Just my wife and maybe my parents, my sisters, their families, okay. everyone I know. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of people in the I tiny think, house. I think you need a big house. Okay, I think fine. the plan already sucks. Okay. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next week on In, in These, These Cleats. Cleats.